Psalms chapter 8. Of course, we know this psalm is written by David. We understand that the time of his writings is probably after the battle that he had with Goliath. We all know the story, very familiar story, David uh, facing Goliath. After he slew Goliath, we know that uh, he was appointed, David was appointed uh, to head up the, the music department. Later on, we see that uh, he uh, includes this psalm when he's the king uh, and he's getting the royal choir together and doing the music for them. He included this psalm. So it's about the time David and Goliath, uh, David slew Goliath. Uh, sometime after that, this is probably when David wrote this psalm. I mean, titled this message... The Death of a Champion. We're going to show you why uh, we came up with that title. So you have your Bibles. You're looking at Psalms number 8. And it says, O Lord, our Lord, uh, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has uh, set thy glory above the heavens. And out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine, uh, of thine enemies that thou mightest, uh, uh, not mightest, steal the enemy and the avenger. Here uh, David opens up this psalm and he helps us. And right off the bat, we also see that uh, he ends the psalm the same way. He's praising God. He says, how excellent is thy name. He didn't say, oh, you know, hey, his, his name is good and all. He says, how excellent is thy name. And then he starts to give reasons why he is excellent. Tonight, we should also be like David and call upon the Lord Jesus and say, how excellent is His name because of all that He has done for me and that what He will continue to do for me. Aren't you glad tonight that we serve an excellent God that not only blesses us now but will continue to bless us? We looked at it this morning. I just can't get over the fact how good God is to me. I've had my bumps and I've had uh, my valleys just like you have as well. Uh, this has been a very tough uh, couple of three weeks within our family. We understand all of that. And we'll continue to have uh, those that will be going through Valley's experiences. But I want you to know that we're standing here tonight not defeated, not put down, not discouraged because how excellent is the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. And but he goes on, he says, and when I consider, now David is starting to say, I'm starting to consider. I consider the heavens and the work of thy finger, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. Notice he says, he's talking about creation here. Notice he said, he's ordained this. He's ordained. He spoke this universe into existence. He says, when I start to consider that, how can I not say how excellent is thy name? Then he goes on verse number four and he says, what is man? <laughs> he says, now understand, he's, he's praising God. He said he's excellent. And then he says, when I consider that, what is man that thou art mindful of him? 
David was taken back to the fact that an excellent, a, a, a God that spoke the universe, a God that was the creator, the God that sustains what he has created, he says, it blows my mind that he would think about somebody like me. When you think about it, we ought to shout the, the walls down in this place. Why would he consider somebody like me? And I can't understand that, but I just accept it. <laughs> I can't explain why he would consider me. I can't understand uh, how marvelous his grace is. Words cannot uh, be enough to try to explain how we're just taken back to the fact. But here's what I realize. I don't necessarily have to explain it all. I just need to accept it all. Amen. And so then he goes and he says, He's mindful of him and the son of man that thou visited him. He said, now understand this. Now can you imagine David's out there in the desert somewhere. We don't know exactly where he was. But he's out there. He's all alone and he's starting to pin some thoughts that have come into his mind. And he's just taking back. Can you, I just think that as he was writing this psalm down, he was having him a little spell. I mean, he starts to think, oh, how excellent are you, Lord. He says, oh, Lord, you've been so good to me, and I can't understand why. He says, not only did you consider me, but you visited me. Aren't you glad the Lord visited you? Aren't you glad that he wanted to have a relationship with you? That right there in itself ought us to never ever be short of praise for him. But then he goes on, he says, For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. And thou hast madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet. David came to realize that God had everything under control. This chaotic world that we talked the world that we talked about this morning, it's getting crazier and crazier, is it not? I mean, it, it, it's just getting it's getting just I mean chaotic. But everything's under his feet. Hey, he's got this. Praise his name. And then he goes and he says, and all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, and the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. This is how he closes this psalm out. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Very quickly this evening, we're going to look at the death of a champion. Now, to understand this, we have to go to Psalms number 9. And I know that many of you don't get really caught up in the, uh, the subscriptions uh, uh, pertaining to many of these psalms, but it's very important for us to understand uh, verse uh, uh, Psalms number 9. 
in Psalms number 9, uh, and, and it seems like it should be a footnote to Psalms number 8. And that footnote is, if you'll notice, he says he's written to the chief musician. Understand, David knew something about music. David would play the harp to, uh, to calm King Saul down. We know that he did arrangements. He, he was very musically inclined, if you will. And that's a key word for us uh, tonight is that we understand that uh, uh, this uh, subscription, as you go into nine, there is a, a word there. And the word is uh, ben. Mithlabin. Interesting word. The word means, in the Hebrew, means death of a champion. It should go, uh, should be a, a footnote. And many scholars believe that it probably was a footnote. But uh, and when they were canonizing uh, the word here, they, uh, they uh, kind of took uh, eight from nine. But we also understand uh, that uh, the death of a champion. What does that mean? Remember, David probably wrote this psalm after he slew Goliath. And he was thinking because, you see, Goliath was the champion of the Philistines. Uh, Goliath was the man. And uh, he would be the one that would come down in, in the valley of Elah. And in that valley, he would come and he would taunt the Israelis. And he would boast about how weak their God was and how powerful he was. And many uh, uh, didn't uh, do anything. They said, uh, like many do today, he says, hey, just leave him alone. He's, he's too big to tackle. Let's, let's don't mess with him. He's Goliath. He's the champion. He's undefeated. Man, he, he's too big for us. And could it be that David is watching and he says, well, why is not anybody going out in the name of the Lord? Why is not anybody going and taking on this enemy of our God? And so he would wait around and no one would rise to the occasion. But then David said, you know, I, I can't take this anymore. I, I don't like what he says about my God. And so he says, if nobody else is going, I'll go. Oh, aren't you glad that we still have those that will rise to the occasion, that will champion the cause for the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the odds are against them, there are those, and I don't know about you, but I want to be a David myself. I want to be able to say, hey, I'm letting you know I'm here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you there is only one true living God. His name is not Allah. His name is not Muhammad. His name is King Jesus. Oh, how we need some that will say, I don't care what the odds are against us. But notice the word uses he He says, how excellent is his name. Understand tonight, for many, the Lord Jesus, his name is not excellent. Over a half a billion Muslims do not believe he's excellent. There's a quarter of a billion Buddhists who do not believe that his name is excellent. There's a half a billion Hindus tonight that do not believe that his name is excellent. And I want you to know, dear believers and, and family, we are in a minority. We used to be in a majority. 
This country was grounded on uh, Christian values and we used to uh, have high respect for the Word of God no longer. Obama was correct in his assumption that we're no longer a Christian nation. We're not. You can go ahead and say, oh, yes, we are. No, we're not. We're in a minority. And I'm telling you, it's getting slimmer and slimmer by the day. These religions that I just talked to you about, and that's not including the Mormons and the Jehovah Witness, you do understand their numbers are increasing by leaps and bounds. Christianity is not what it used to be. Matter of fact, no one pays us any attention anymore. But we need to understand tonight, there may be billions who say, oh, Jesus, His name is not excellent, but one day they will say it. Oh, one day they're going to say it because the Bible is quite clear that there's coming a day when every knee, that's the Muslim knee, that's the Hindu knee, that's the Buddhist knee, that's the Mormon, that's those who are atheists or whatever they want to call themselves. There's coming a day when they will bow their knee and they will profess Jesus Christ is who He says He is. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, how excellent is His name. But David also reminds us uh, that, uh, that not only do we see the source, but we also look at the subject matter at hand. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse number 45, says it this way. David, when he went out, he knew that he was outnumbered. David, when he went out, knew that no one was going to back him up. But when he went out to, uh, to uh, confront Goliath, this giant, this champion, he said, Oh, he may come with a spear and a sword and a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord. David understood that he may be in a minority in many people's eyes, but he was in a majority because he had the Lord Jesus Christ fighting for him. Oh, that ought to be some encouragement to us tonight that we need to understand. Even though we may be in a minority, even though we're getting bashed bash left and right, even though that it's not cool to be a Christian, I'm telling you that no, we don't have to have anybody fighting our battles. King Jesus is the only one that we need. And by the way, He's undefeated. He's undefeated. And so uh, he moves on and he tells us, look at verse number 2. He makes mention of, and we see here, the power of the Lord. He says, uh, and talks about babes and talks about sucklings. And he talks about how he's going to use a baby. Now, what baby was he talking about? Well, it would seem to me that he is referring to Moses. You all know the story. The, 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 the Pharaoh, his large empire there. Uh, it was interesting to me that he did not, uh, God did not use the Assyrian army. He didn't use uh, Macedonia. He used a little baby by the name of Moses. And that little baby was that found there in the basket. And we all know the story of Moses, how he led the captives to, towards the promised land. Isn't it interesting? And it just shows you the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
I'm grateful for our military. I'm grateful that we are now starting to rebuild our military strength once again. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for those who are wearing the uniform of the United States of America tonight. I'm grateful for those, many of you here tonight, that fought in World War II and Vietnam and all the other battles here. I'm grateful for that. And I'm not putting any damper on that. I'm grateful for that. But my dear friend, our strength is not going to be in our military forces. Our strength is in the Lord. It's Lord Jesus. Jesus is the one that's going to protect us. Jesus is going to be our shield that we sang about this morning. And, and so here he says, out of the mouth of babes, he specializes in using babies to accomplish his task. There was another baby that he used. That little baby was born there in a place called Bethlehem. And he used that little baby to be the one who was going to defeat a champion. I'm not talking about a person. I'm talking about the champion of sin. Sin had ravaged. Uh, Sin had destroyed. And uh, there were those that were dying because of their sin. But God the Father saw fit to bring a little baby into this world. And He said, this little baby is going to be a conqueror. This little baby is the one that's going to defeat that champion of sin. Oh, aren't you glad tonight that you met the champion? Uh, Aren't you glad tonight that you met the one that was able to defeat that champion of sin that was dominating your life? that was in control of your life. But then you recognize you're in need of a Savior. And when you called upon His wonderful sweet name, He came into your heart, He came into your life, and He defeated death, and He defeated the grave, and He defeated sin. Aren't you glad tonight that they took a little baby, and that little baby was the one that came and set you free tonight? And so we go on. Look at verse number 3. We see his creation. We see now the psalmist is looking, maybe at night, that he's writing this psalm. And he's looking at the stars. And understand, there's no street lights where David was. And he saw all the stars. Can you imagine being out there in the middle of nowhere and looking up and you'll see the stars, billions and billions of stars. David was reminded of that. And he started to refer to the one who created all of this. Galileo, many of you know, invented the telescope. And because of the invention of the telescope, he made a bold statement that caused a lot of controversy. He said, no longer do we need to recognize that planet Earth is the center of the universe. Oh, he took some heat over that. They said, what do you mean? He says, look it through this telescope. And he saw... As far as a telescope will allow him to see, we need to understand tonight that we're not the center of the universe. We're just a very small portion of something far, far larger than we are. God created it all. It's amazing to me. And I got all kinds of statistics and I can't remember half of them. It blows my mind how many they're, they're, they're just guessing of how many stars, how many galaxies. They're talking about the, uh, the black hole and they talk about all that, that. I mean, I know I'm simple, but that, I just can't grasp that. 
And I really don't have to grasp that. I'll just know this. God created it all. He created it all. Well, Brother Mike, do you think that uh, when they get to Mars, they're going to find life on Mars? I don't know. Do you think uh, there's aliens out there? Don't know. But I know this. If they are, they're still going to have to get saved the same way we got saved. See, I, I don't really, I don't let that mess with me too much, you know, in answering those questions. I know that whatever is out there, God created it. That, that, that settles it for me. And so here, he's, he, he's, uh, tonight, we need to recognize we can call him excellent because he just had to speak and it happened. He didn't have anything to work with, by the way. There was nothing to work with. God created everything from nothing. And aren't you glad tonight that back however long you've been on this earth, that He created you? We do understand that life begins when God says it begins. And by the way, while we're on the subject, death ends when He says it will end. And we've gotten a little too sophisticated that we're thinking we can create life and we can postpone death. My dear friend, we are walking on dangerous ground. We're not God. God has the call on both of those. Amen? God's got the call. And so we understand uh, the, the, the universe. But I want you, and this is where we really oh, I need to get to, is verses 4 through 8, we see His presence. In verses 4 through 5, we see that He came to us. Now, very interesting. There are four Hebrew words, four Hebrew words for man. Three of those are used in this psalm, Psalm number 8. The first word is uh, uh, gibber. Uh, gibber means a man in between or strong man. We also see ishlabayan or, or ish. La ben, if I can do it right, is the word that we get myth la ben. That is, that word, as I made mention, means the death of a champion. What's he talking about here? He's talking about Goliath. So you go back to the earliest Jewish writings and you will see making reference uh, to this story uh, and, and it talks about a man that was going between the two camps. That's exactly what Goliath would do. He would be in the Philistine camp, and then he would come out and taunt uh, the children of Israel. Uh, but we also see the word uh, used for man is Enosh. And Enosh means mortal man. But then notice here, that it says the son of man. In the Hebrew, it means son of Adam. That word uh, means dust. And so here we see uh, that uh, he says, what is man? He's talking about mortal man. He's talking about the fleshly man. But notice here he talks about uh, that David slew Goliath who was the champion, that he was a strong man because the word usage for Goliath is the word that means strong man. 
Now, understand, Psalm 8 is a pathetic, a, 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 a prophet, a, a pathetic uh, psalm. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ here. He's talking about that there was a champion. Uh, that champion would be Satan himself. Satan, we need to understand tonight, is very strong and very powerful. Don't ever discount the strength of Satan. Don't ever discount that you can take on Satan by yourself. I'm telling you, he is powerful. But I got good news for you tonight. Even though in our own strength we cannot defeat Satan, but we have one that came in between us and the Lord Jesus Christ who is the champion of champions. And because he is our champion of champions, he was able to defeat the champion that was ruling our lives. That's what the psalm is talking about. That, that's the picture that we're getting tonight here. That we need to understand that he came to visit mortal man. He came to visit a man that had no strength. He came to visit someone that was depraved. He came to visit someone who was weak in their flesh. But aren't you glad tonight that he came to visit you and he came to visit me and because he came to visit us we came to recognize that we must have him in our life and when we called upon his wonderful sweet name he came in and the champion of champions now lives in me. And that's the reason why tonight I can say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the reason why I can say greater that's he that's in me than he that is in the world. Dear, dear friend, you need to understand and I need to understand tonight that the champion of all champions is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's never lost. He will never lose. And I'm telling you because of the champion of champions living within us we are winners and we will get the victory in the end glory to his name how excellent is his name but then he goes on and he tells us that uh, over a hundred times this word the son of man which means the son of Adam is used a hundred times in the book of Ezekiel we're constantly reminded but when you come to the New Testament, you do not see just Son of Man, but now you'll see the Son of Man. He is the Son of Man. Talking about the Lord Jesus. He's not referred to as Son of Man. That's us. He's the Son of Man. We don't need anybody else. He can take care of the job by himself. So David is just realizing as he's going down, he's considering all these things. We need to consider tonight as well, do we not? That where would we be without the Lord Jesus Christ? But notice here in verses 5 through 8. Not only does he visit us, but he also cares for us. Notice the word usage here. When I thought about this, he says he was made a little lower than the angels. He stepped out of glory. And he came down in a form of flesh and bones. He didn't have to do that. 
He stepped out of glory so he could come and visit you here in a sinful, nasty, cruel world. He took all kind of ridicule. He took a beating. He took death because of you and because of me. He made himself a little lower. He humbled himself so that he could raise us up in newness of life. Story goes, back in World War II, there was a young teenage girl. She was wanting to join the armed forces there in England. She was too young to do that, and uh, she kept on, and she says, I want to join, I want to join, and uh, her father didn't allow that. But finally, uh, she came of age, and uh, as soon as she came of age, she went and joined the armed forces. She wanted to serve her country. She wanted uh, uh, to be a part of this effort to defeat the enemy. And so uh, she came, and of course, she enlisted, and those of you who have been in the military... She met her drill instructor. We all know about our drill instructors, do we not? The reports that I get, nobody liked their drill instructor. They were mean. They were harassing. They called me all kinds of names, and I've heard all those stories. She took all of that, and uh, her... uh, uh, Drill instructor would just, uh, just, I mean, just beat her down, just beat her down all the time, and and called her all kinds of ugly names, and uh, and well, the story goes on. Uh, she continued to serve. She wanted to serve her country. She loved her country. And so she was willing to pay the cost of the ridicule and uh, the hard work and the harassment. She was willing to take that. Back in February. It was in uh, later on in the year. She got news that her father had passed away. And of course, she went and uh, told her commanding officer that she just got news that her father had passed away. And she says, I must go to be with my family. He said, uh, okay. And he says, well, who is your father? She says, well, my father was King George VI. And, of course, she was quite astonished by that. And he said, King George VI is your daddy. She says, yes, sir. He said, is your last name Windsor? She said, yes. He said, you now are the royal majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. She says, that's me. Now, what's the purpose of this story? She didn't have to lower herself, but she loved her country, and she wanted to serve her countrymen. So even though she didn't have to, she was willing to pay the cost so that she could serve the country that she loved so dearly. I got news for you tonight. It's not a queen, but he's a king. King Jesus. And King Jesus didn't have to step out of the portals of glory. 
But he chose to humble himself, to humble himself to serve you and to serve me. Oh, how excellent is his name in all the earth. Maybe tonight we just need to recognize the fact that King Jesus is the champion of all champions. And there's coming one last battle. And odds are pretty good that he's going to win that one as well. But my dear friend, we might not have seen the other battles that he fought for us, but we're going to be able to witness this last battle because we're going to be with him. And we're going to reign with him for all eternity. Aren't you glad tonight that tonight we can say, Oh, how excellent is his name in all the earth.